This is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to Start the World. All right, I am joined today by Ryan Mitchell. He is one of the best known and most respected advocates of masculinity today. He's the host of a popular podcast, The Order of Man. His website is orderofman.com. He's the leader of a men's group titled The Iron Council. And he's the author of a book titled Sovereignty, The Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Men. So, Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Glad to be here, man. Looking forward to the call. I know we were uh, we bounced around back and forth for a couple of weeks, but, uh, man, I've enjoyed our conversations and friendships. So it's good to be here. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. So I'm going to start out. This is a little uh, odd, but I found this the other day. There's a lot of our work that overlaps, which I think is good. Yeah. uh, Because we're saying the right things. And uh, so I was doing some research on uh, Hercules, actually, uh, yesterday. And uh, I came across this quote, and I'm going to read this, and we'll start off the podcast with that. But uh, it's from Xenophon, and he lived about 400 BC, uh, military leader, famous for writing Anabasis. Uh, He was a student of Socrates, and so he wrote a defense of Socrates uh, you know, just saying what the what good influence he had on the men around him and so forth. Okay. And so this, this quote is from that defense of Socrates, but it's a story about Hercules. And it's a story about Hercules, and he's asked to choose between vice, like when he was young, it's mm-hmm. it become part of the lore of Hercules, that he's asked to use between vice, which is kakia, and virtue, which is uh, arati. Uh, okay. or excellence, which okay. we are both familiar with, I'm sure. Sure. And uh, it's kind of funny because it's the way it's set up is that uh, Kaki is kind of, uh, they're both women, obviously, they're, they're goddesses representing these concepts. Okay. And uh, Kaki is kind of dressed up, well, let's say strumpet, I mm. think is how she's portrayed, as a strumpet. <laughs> okay. <fair laughs> it's enough. a safe word to use. Got it. Uh, but, uh, and then Arte is obviously, uh, you know, excellence. So excellence lecturing Hercules because uh, Vice is saying hey I can give you a life of all this pleasure and everything's going to be easy and it's going to be okay and no big deal and yeah you know, says nothing that is really good and admirable is granted by the gods of men without some effort and application if you want the gods to be gracious to you you must worship the gods if you wish to be loved by your friends you must be kind to your friends If you desire to be honored by a state, you must help that state. If you expect to be admired for your fine qualities by the whole of Greece, you must try to benefit Greece. If you want your land to produce abundant crops, you must look after your land. If you expect to make money from your livestock, you must take care of your livestock. If you have an impulse to extend your influence by war, and you want to be able to free your friends and subdue your enemies, You must both learn the actual arts of war from those who understand them and practice the proper way of applying them. And if you want to be physically efficient, you must train your body to be subject to your reason and develop it with hard work and sweat. It's awesome. Right? It's it's, a lot of the things that you're talking about in your book, Sovereignty, is like, this is all on you, is basically the concept of the book, right? This is all on you. You need to take responsibility for your life. Right. And, uh, you know, but, and before we get into more, that more, because I want you to get into that and explain that more and uh, talk more about your book. But uh, sure, yeah. uh, something I, I may have even asked you this in person last time when we hung out and did your podcast, but uh, I think it's important. Um, 
you know, you've really put yourself out there as an advocate for masculinity. And uh, I think I always knew when I was about to do this and, uh, and obviously it's come true and I, it's for you as well. The sure. first thing that you, people do when they, when you put yourself out there as an advocate for masculinity is that they, they're going to attack yours. Of course. You know, so like, who are you who to are say you to that? Tell me? Right. Yeah, exactly. They're going to attack yeah. men, women, everybody. They're, they're going to be like, well, who are you? You're, you know, and I mean, it's, so it takes, it kind of takes balls. Yeah. Oh, def definitely. And, uh, you know, and it, it, like you have all these celebrities and these actors that, that men looked up to and so forth. And, you know, they're icons of masculinity, but, uh, you know, when they talk to the press and so forth, they are the first to pander to feminists and they're the first to trash men. Their characters are, are, are iconic of masculinity, but them themselves are not typically. Exactly, exactly. Right. And, and, but then some of them, it's like, you're a guy who loves learning martial arts to be in action movies and goes out and shoots guns all day. Like, do you really even believe the stuff that's coming out of your mouth? Or are you I know, just, it's... you know, I, th I think, you know, like they, we all have our role in life, whatever, and they want to get, they want to get good roles in movies. Yes. And they want, so they're going to say whatever you're supposed to say. Of course. I think is a lot line. of it. Do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously you put yourself out there. You know, there's a lot of risk involved, a lot of attacks on you personally, and it's a lot safer to not do this. As far as... Yeah, it's you, certainly it, more comfortable. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot, you know, why have people insult you every day? <laughs> you know, like that's... Right. So uh, something I was wondering... Uh, did you feel that you were called to do this? Like, this is your mission? I don't know if I felt that way when I started. Right. I, so, so I had another podcast. It was all geared towards financial advice because that's my background. Mm -hmm. And I really loved the medium of podcasting, but I didn't want to continue that conversation. And I had been following uh, Brett McKay, who's a mutual friend of ours with Art right. Manliness and seeing what he's doing and other people. And I thought, man, this is really interesting. I, I actually want to learn more about being a good and capable man which there's a distinction you and I, I'm sure we'll talk yes. about that because you actually introduced me to that concept. Um, anyway, so I, I figured, you know what, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring, but I didn't do it as like a, like fulfill a calling. I did it because it's something that sounded interesting, but being five years into this thing now, yeah, it's a calling most definitely. I didn't realize it at the time, but the more that I learned, the more that I grew, the more that I thrust myself into it, um, the more that I'm trying to improve myself as a man, the more I realized this is what I was called to do. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, yeah. Like when I started I mean, doing this, the... no one was talking about it really. And, and now it's, uh, you know, so many years later you have, I mean, you're friends with Jocko, I think. And, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. you know, you have guys like that up there. Um, I just had uh, John Fitch, who's a UFC fighter, came out to the 21 convention and was awesome. hanging out. And I was just on his show recently and he was on mine. And I mean, he's interested in this. He's like, talking about red pill stuff and all this stuff. You know, it's, all these guys who wouldn't have been talking about this, you know, like 10 years ago, right. Are starting to get into the game. And I think it's good. It is good. These conversations need to be had for a very long time. The only conversation that was happening was the vocal minority. And it is a minority that are uh, screaming and crying and complaining about toxic masculinity and the, uh, tyrannical, you know, patriarchy. Uh, so this counter, argument to it is a very positive thing and it needs to actually be had so it's good to be at the forefront of it yeah absolutely yeah i mean what i keep trying to explain to people over over time is that you know the patriarchy and all that that whole narrative 
And toxic masculinity is even like this made up new thing that's yeah. just repackaged this, the same ideas that they've always been talking about. Right. You know, there's, there's nothing new in that. I mean, they've been saying the same thing. You can read feminism from the seventies and it, they're, they're saying the same thing. They want the same things out of men and, and so forth, exactly. which is basically just do whatever we say. Right. Uh, you know, lot. but uh, again, do what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff isn't new and I, that's, I think, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now and uh, I'm sure you get these guys all the time who are like, can you believe that they said this today? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. actually, yeah, 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 I, I, I can. That. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard it last year too. And the year right. before that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People will say, you know, I, I made a post about toxic masculinity and, mm -hmm. and, I don't like the term for a lot of different reasons, but That's terrible. one yeah. of the reasons that I do not use and, and approve of the term, I guess is the right word, is because it's it's misconstrued or it could be interpreted as all masculinity is toxic. And when I say that, people are like, no, no, nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. I'm like, actually, here's an article that is titled all masculinity is toxic <laughs> right oh, and here's american psychological associations study from 2019 that suggests that stoicism aggression dominance competitiveness and uh traits and characteristics we generally consider masculine are inherently toxic and destructive to young boys right so when you say that nobody actually believes that all masculinity is toxic that just isn't true there's plenty yeah. of people that believe masculinity in and of itself is bad and needs to be conditioned out of our young men. A hundred percent. Yeah. And they, like I said, they've been saying it for decades. It's just now getting traction. I mean, it's, I remember it in the nineties, you know, but the, it's still, it's really now gotten traction to where it's mainstream, like completely mainstream, but they've been yeah. saying it for a while. Well, and I think, I think part of the reason we see that is because these people who are proponents of the ideas of toxic masculinity and the extreme feminism are, are, are better, they're better marketers than they used to be, right? So mm -hmm. now they can cover it up. They can get people onto their side. They can make it cool. Uh, use social media. So they're better marketers than they ever were, which is easier than to fall prey to believing some of these things that, you know, might have a hint of truth, right? There might be some elements that you think, well, that's actually a valid point. And then you cloak in all this other stuff with it and you have to throw it out because, you know, it's, it's, it's like putting these little, uh, these little, uh, into law when when congressmen throw these little extra things into these law packages right yeah, yeah so yeah. you think well i have to accept the whole th the whole thing now because it has some good and some negative it's like no nah, if it's if it's wrong it's wrong if, if the well's been poisoned the all of the water is bad like you yeah. can't take out and extract some of the water yeah 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 it's it's uh i was actually I was interested in gender studies actually my whole life, like since like maybe you know, it's seven, I was reading Camille Paglia at like 17. And, Is that right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I've always been in this, but I was, I really came from, from the other side. I mean, I was uh, an artistic kid and whatever, and I, I believed a lot of the feminist stuff when I was a kid, you know, and uh, so I'm sorry, I, I knew their arguments already because I was making them. Right. <laughs> you know, it's Which not like a I was- position to be from. Yeah, I, I, it's not like I just learned about this stuff yesterday. And and one of the reasons, and I think one of the things that you kind of just touched on, is that it, there, there are some bad representatives of masculinity that I uh, that I think rub kids the wrong way. You know, in terms of like, you know, like this, I, I saw a comment on something I said today because I asked a question about heroes. 
And I saw one guy, and it's like I almost know what he looks like before you like even look at, click on the link. <laughs> and one guy said, "Real men don't need heroes." Yes. And then, and I'm like, I'm like, that's the guy who, when I was 12 years old, was like, I was like, masculinity is dumb. Right. <laughs> you, you're <Of> dumb. <laughs> you know, like, and and so I think a lot of guys have that kind of experience where they have this kind of blustery, chest thumping retard who then, you know, like, and that's their representative of what masculinity is, and so then they listen to what these feminists and stuff are saying and then they hear some of that and they're like oh well yeah he's kind of fake and full of it and whatever and, you know and and so i think that's how they get a lot of guys in because there are guys who who you know are bad representatives for it. there is and, and not only that but then you have an entire generation and more of of boys who are being raised by women you know their oh, yeah. dad's out of the picture for whatever reason i'm not casting blame no, when no, i no, talk no. about yeah. that like Sometimes it's a husband's fault. Sometimes it's a wife's fault. Sometimes it's both. But for whatever reason, dad's no longer in the picture. Uh, we, we ship them off to schools, and predominantly they're taught by women. Yep. You know, I, I, so when you talk about coming from this other side of things, like mm -hmm. I actually come from that side too in that I was raised by primarily my mother and, mm -hmm. and my sister was there too, right? And so that's who I was raised by. And I, right. for a long time, I had a very hard time relating with, with men. Fortunately, my mom was was intelligent enough and cared about me enough to realize that she alone could not make me a man. It's impossible. She could teach me elements of being a good human being, but not entirely how to be a good man. So she got me involved in Boy Scouts. She got me involved in competitive sports. I joined the military. So I learned a lot of this stuff later on in life. I mean, I wasn't 15, 16, 17, 18 years old until I really started to get introduced to other men who cared about me who wanted to teach me what it meant to be a man and, and help me become a more, more capable man. Yeah. Yeah. But it is funny when you, when it, you hear from people who say a real man, anytime somebody says that, if they start their sentence with that, it's, 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 you know, it's always wrong. wrong. Right. <laughs> but if they say yeah. a real man doesn't need a man to tell us how to behave, you're like, that's actually the exact opposite of the truth. Like a, yeah. a, a man needs to be taught by other men. There's a proverb that says, the boys must be initiated or they'll burn the village down. And, and this is true. Like yeah. boys need to be initiated by men, not by women, but by mm. men. And they need to be taught how to harness this masculine energy and power that's coursing through their veins. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah. It's, it's just historically wrong. I mean, like men have always been taught to be men by other men and they've by always men. had role models and, learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, it, not, you know, knights had squires, you know, like this is how it works. You exactly. know, like you, you need to be, cause otherwise you're, you're just, you know, kind of running around ego, crazy. Egocentric thought process. Like I have it all figured out. Nobody can teach me anything and I'm going to do this all on myself, which is egocentric. And it's also destructive because you're exposing yourself to a whole lot of blind spots that wouldn't be there. Had you opened your eyes and, and mind to, the fact that maybe there's somebody who knows more than you about some things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very American in that way too. It's like that very kind of Clint Eastwood, like uh, rolling James through town. Bond, and, Clint yeah. Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, who, who else do you have? You have, uh, I mean, yeah. Jason Bourne. Right. Right. These, these are the guys who the Marlboro men, right. We think of them and we're like, that is the epitome of masculinity and they always fly solo. Yeah. He's, he's a broken dude who can't hang out anywhere because he, 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 he's right. like, nobody as social, he has social around. issues. <laughs> like, That's right. 
Exactly right. He's going to roll through town, shoot some people, and then leave, basically, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but which is why these, which is why you have to keep moving along because you burn relationships and yeah. nobody likes you. And so you have to be a loner. You're forced to be a loner. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's not a good model. It, no. you know, and, and really it exposes like it exposes uh, blind spots, but it also exposes, I think to anyone who is not looking at it from that perspective, it looks like exactly what it is. You know, like when, you know, when everybody starts with the, the, well, real man, da, da, da. That you, it looks like you're right. Yeah, you know, you're you're just thumping your chest and 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 trying to look cooler than you are. Right. You know, because yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of silly. But well, um, then you have this opposite end of the spectrum, <clears throat> and I heard from a guy on Instagram. He was civil to his defense, and and most sure. people are. But we were having this disagreement. And he said, he said something to the effect of. Uh, expecting men and i'm paraphrasing here but expecting men to prove themselves places unnecessary anxiety on men and i thought <laughs> that is the weakest perspective that i've ever heard it's like expecting you to perform expecting for you to to do something to to show up in a certain way it places unnecessary anxiety well why don't we all just do nothing like we'll curl up in the in the bedroom in our bed we'll never get out of bed we'll never lift weights we'll never exert ourselves we'll never go to college or earn uh, new credentials or designations uh, we'll never push ourselves we'll never ask for a promotion because all of that is placing anxiety on us i wouldn't oh, yeah. consider it unnecessary i would consider it actually necessary stress for us to improve Oh, and, and the fact yeah. is, is that, and I think you agree on this, and, and maybe we could hash this out a little bit. It's like a man actually does have to prove himself. You, you, so you and I forever. Born, it never born, ends. It never ends. <laughs> yeah. We're male, right? And right. so we're males, right? By by default, because we have the chromosomes and the biology, male. That's not a choice. Like it is what it is. We were born male. Right. But you and you said this on our podcast when we did it together. You have to choose to be a man. Yeah. which means there's certain activities you need to engage in. There are certain ambitions that you ought to have. There's certain roles that you need to become more capable of stepping into. And there's certain results that you need to produce. I know that there's a lot of people who have a hard time with that because it's placing quote unquote unnecessary anxiety on them. But that's, that's the load that we're meant to bear and you're built to bear it. So like develop it. And so, so you can capitalize on it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's your potential. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's kind of one of the ideas that I've been playing with in my stuff is that yeah, I really think order is what men are all about. And we'll like, mm -hmm. we'll, all the, all the things that you've said, we'll get into that later. I like, guess we protect order and we <laughs> create order. And, right. uh, you know, right. and so uh, we may, you know, perpetuate order. Uh, we're all about, uh, so many, it's about order and uh, in hierarchy. And that's what really a lot of this, mentality comes they, they don't like hierarchy no. and the idea is that you know like you said anxiety if you're not at the top of the hierarchy you're supposed to feel terrible about yourself and and no one's supposed to feel terrible it's a very kind of female-centric way of looking at the world in terms of like we everyone let's hug the world and no one it's should feel bad emotion driven yeah yeah right. yeah and you know but men actually like hierarchy and you know you can be in the that's what we've always set up always and everywhere. And you know, we set up right. hierarchy because that's, if you don't have a goal, the, the top of the hierarchy is the goal. And actually the word hierarchy comes from the same word as uh, 
you know, basically divine. It means mm. the higher, uh, H-I-E-R, it comes from the same root that you know, okay. implies divinity. Uh, like um, hierophany is another word that is similar to that. And uh, so it's, it's divine order, right. basically. It's, hierarchy actually means divine order. Interesting. And, uh, and so we've always said like, well, what's the most perfect thing that I can imagine? Let's all try and be more like that. Right. And that's, we're not supposed to be like, oh, if there's a perfect thing, then we can't try and be better. We just right. have to be sad. You right. know? And that's, uh, it's a terrible way to look at life and you'll never improve or get better at anything. Cause if, you know, it's like with that, the everybody's a winner, then nobody's a winner kind right. of thing. We're all yeah. the same. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's funny because people do complain, especially like you see it in sports, like, ah, oh, we don't want anybody to lose or feel bad about themselves. I'm like, you're supposed to feel bad if you lose. Yeah. That's the point. So like guys, some people will say, well, men can't express their emotions. It's not that you can't express them. It's that you need to understand what they're telling you. And if you're sad or upset that you lost or didn't perform the way you should have, good. That's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. So you don't do it again. So you do better. Get better. Yeah, <laughs> do better. Yeah, it's it's it, you know you look at all of these hierarchies. I mean, even go to look look for examples of like a phallic symbol, right? You look at the Washington Monument, or you look right. at pyramids. You look at a totem pole. Nobody wants to be the low man on the totem pole. What are you gonna do? Fight and claw and do everything you can to get to the top because that's where it's at and that's where we want to be. Yeah, and and you know I've often talked to my buddy Greg because uh, he had the realization because he organizes groups of men for lots of different things, and. Uh, Actually, just being on the totem pole at all is kind of, in, in many ways, a thing that men want. Because sure. not everyone's going to be at top. And sometimes the guy at the bottom just wants to be there. Right. And that's okay, too. You know, like, the, the army needs cooks. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, it's not all special forces, guys. It's, 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 there's all kinds of levels and all kinds of support and all kinds of things that need to happen. And so as long as you're on the same team exactly. and you're working towards the same goal, you're a valuable part of it. And, and so, you're kicking ass at whatever role you play. Exactly. Like if you're a cook in the military, then be the best damn cook that the military ever knew. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody can do a great job at whatever they have to do. And it, not everybody has to be at the top, top, top to be happy. Cause a lot of them, I mean, uh, hierarchy, the other thing about that is that uh, there's always trade-offs. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I always, it's, it's really easy. I always compare it to like lifting. I used to hang out with power lifters a lot. And uh, I know what you have to do to become a competitive power lifter, to be at the top level of that, at the elite mm -hmm. level. And I was never really willing to make that trade off because I had other things going on. I had books to exactly. write. I have things going on. Right. I'm not going to like break my body in the way that they need to. And that's what right. you have to do if you're going to get there. Right. Uh, you know, I don't have a break my body to get the, well, we both, we both talked to Brandon Lilly. I mean, what he, that's that's, exactly that's what that re thinking, that's what's you know. required like he yes. he was on the same level as the guy that i used to hang out with right. and uh yeah i mean that's what's required to get there and so there's a trade-off and we you know you and i might go lift some weight but we we're not trying to get there but right. we're still trying to get better we understand we can watch those guys and see what they did and get stronger but we, we're not trying to get to the top of right. that pyramid of you know? that hierarchy right exactly so, so it's okay that you're not on the same hierarchy path or track as somebody else like go find a different hierarchy yeah maybe that one's not interesting to you cool find a better one find a different one find one that's more engaging and then be the best at that yeah yeah like there isn't one right there's, yeah there's actually probably an infinite number of hierarchies that you could ascribe to and 
work that work up the ladder. I mean, yeah, it's just find something that's engaging to you and be the best at it. Now, some guys will say, "Well, Ryan, you're talking not not every guy needs to be a hunter." You're right. I didn't say every guy needs to be a hunter. Yeah. Maybe you're an artist, or you write books, or you sing songs, or whatever, and you're still providing and you're still being the best. That doesn't make you any less of a man. You're still yeah. you're still providing. You're still working. You're still exerting yourself. So I say just do it in a way that's meaningful for you. There's many ways that we can fill this, this mantle of masculinity. It isn't, isn't one path. It isn't my path. It's right. just that we're all trying to get to these, these certain roles, which is protect, provide, preside, these certain roles. And there's many ways to go about doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, sovereignty. Uh, tell me what, uh, I mean, obviously I have the quote here because I pulled it out. But uh, tell, me, tell me what uh, that means to you. What, what yeah, is a sovereign I mean, man? So a sovereign man is a, is a man who has accepted complete and total responsibility for himself. Now, it doesn't mean that he's not willing to accept help uh, or receptive to new ideas and new information that will improve himself or even that he has to walk the path alone. It just means that he has taken ultimate responsibility for his life and he has limited his, uh, him being subject to other people, other institutions, governments, organizations, etc., there's a lot of ways that we fulfill that, but what I've noticed is that too many men give away control, power, authority of their life by, uh, by not accepting responsibility for it, by becoming, now maybe not even becoming a victim, but choosing to stay in victimhood, right? Either, right. There's, there's two victims. There's one who is actually a victim, and we've all been victims in our life, right? Like sure. people have taken advantage of me or stolen from me in the past, and I'm a victim of that. But I'm not going to choose to remain in that victimhood. Right. And that's what most people do. And when you do that and you say, hey, you know, the reason I'm where I am is because uh, my parents didn't teach me or because I had a bad upbringing or the economy's bad or the president's an asshole or my wife is a bitch or whatever. Like fill right. in the blank with your reason. And you continue to live your life under the idea that it's somebody else's responsibility to help you have the life that you're after you're giving away your sovereignty you're enslaving yourself to other people and outside circumstances because now what you do is if it's somebody else's fault or responsibility you just have to wait and hope that somebody's going to do what's in your best interest and very rarely will that happen it's all, even if they helps to some degree it's always going to be inferior to what you can do for yourself so sovereignty is about taking accountability and responsibility for your life. And when things happen, external circumstances, and they do, you know, sometimes shit happens. You yeah. pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you inoculate yourself for the next go around, and you figure out a way to improve yourself and get better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, taking responsibility for your own yourself. Um, right. Your it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because I think in a lot of ways society has – has really perpetuated this idea that, you know, some, it's somebody else's responsibility. Like it's the government's responsibility to ensure that you're happy, or it's your, your employer's job to ensure that you have a job or your wife's job to make sure you're fulfilled or the president's job to make sure that the economy is running smoothly. It's like, no, <laughs> it's not. It's their job to like clear the way if anything, but then it's your job to make sure that you get what it is you're after. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your life. You know, it's not, a, you know, if you just let them run it for you, then yeah. I mean, which is fine. Look, here's the thing. If, if, if you want other people to run your life, fine, by all means do that, but they don't will. complain about the <laughs> lack of results that you're experiencing. Right. 
hey, that's the track. That's the path you decided to walk. You want somebody right. else to dictate your life, then that's the path. Like I think about that in employment. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that to, in order to be a sovereign man, you have to own your own business. That's not what I'm suggesting. Right. Most people should I, not. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. what I will say that is that if you decide to be an employee of an organization, mm-hmm. like you were talking about earlier, there's some trade-offs, which means that your schedule isn't as flexible. Your potential income may not be as high. Uh, you, you may not have as much flexibility about the way that you go about doing certain things, which if you're upset about that, then you choose a new path. Don't expect that somebody is supposed to acquiesce to your every wish and desire. Like that's the path you chose to walk. You don't like that path. Get off that path and walk over to the other one. That sounds more appealing to you. Well, yeah, and there's there's also the thing that people do with jobs, the the well, who moved my cheese thing or whatever, you know, where they're uh, they expect that that job's going to be there forever and they're never going to have to change or improve their skills or get better in any way. Right. And that's just oh, I got the job, so I'm just going to camp here right. until I retire. And it and uh, you know, I was taught in in my corporate jobs, you know, very early. Um, you know, you're always looking for a new place to provide value. That's, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, right. you're, you're, if you want a promotion, yeah, you have to, same thing that you're talking about with, you know, men generally is that, uh, you know, if you want a promotion, if you want whatever you're like, how can I make myself more valuable mm-hmm. so that I can get this thing? Cause it's your responsibility to do that. Right. Not yeah. somebody else's responsibility to say, Hey Jack, here's the things you could be doing if you want to get a promotion. Like that's exactly. nice, but like, who's going to do that? <laughs> Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or you have to go and I mean, a lot of people will go find a mentor or like find someone who can give you that advice of what you need to do. And that's good too. Cause then right. you're, you're still taking action cause you're trying to find the advice, which is that's also right. Great. You exerted yourself. Yeah. 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 All, all good advice. I mean, I found well, a lot of us, uh, all the way up to Jordan Peterson end up giving good dad advice really is what we're doing in many cases. But, uh, you know, like you said, a lot of people just haven't gotten that. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, there's millions and millions of, of, of men who never received that advice. And then what's interesting. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I felt like this for a long time too, because I wasn't around a whole lot of men as I was growing up. Sure. I was very intimidated by masculine men Yeah. because I didn't understand the level of assertiveness. I didn't understand their, their tone, their demeanor. I didn't get it. And then I interpreted it as being rude or being an asshole or being scary. And, and this might sound funny to a lot of people listening, but there's millions of, of young men who are in that boat and they're so intimidated by masculine men. They're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what I need to do. And so they just kind of revert and crawl back and, and live in that rut that they've been living in. It's uh, it's a really interesting phenomenon. I know what it feels like. Cause, cause I was there. You know? So we yeah. interpret oh. these signals from other men. Oh, hundred percent. And, and, and the only way to fix that is to actually hang out with those guys long enough to uh, absorb some of it and like, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and just, uh, you mean my, I always tell the story of my the best friend when I decided to go on this path and I got out of doing a uh, uh, corporate stuff and got a job delivering exercise equipment and uh, you know, had to, literally had to be shown how to use a ratchet. And uh, <laughs> had no background in anything right. like that. How would you know that? Right. Yeah, exactly. I just didn't have that skill set. And uh, but yeah, the the guy who's still like one of my best friends, uh, Jesse, who's but he was a guy I rode around with, you know, all day. And his he he's like his hero is John Wayne. His dad was a you know went to Nam twice. 
you know, yeah. he, he's that guy right. and he, he's a blustery dude, you know, like, and he, your first time, I remember him looking at me, he was like, does that one have to ride with me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, just, he's a hard dude, but then, he, you know, hard of gold. You know, like once you get past all, you figure out what all this is about and, and just having to, I mean, I, I had a couple confrontations with him, you know, like uh, early on where I would just had to stand up for myself because it was like, you know, and that, that's why we're still friends. You know, so I think that. Well, I think, I think we do that to each other as men because mm -hmm. even it, I, I don't know if this is evolutionary that hardwired into us, but we do that because I need to know who's going to bitch out on me in a rough situation. Sure. Right. And so I'm going to bust your balls. It doesn't mean I don't like you. It means I'm testing you. Like I got to test you. You're standing next to me. Like we're in this battle together. So I got to know that you can handle at least a little verbal jousting. Right, right. Or a physical beatdown because I know you, you, you've, you've done some MMA stuff and we're talking about jujitsu. Like, that stuff's good. Like, when you roll jujitsu with somebody, you can find out pretty quickly what this guy's all about. Is this the guy I want on my team or not? Like, that's important to know for men. So, yeah. when we do these things verbally, physically, met, we play mental games, and people interpret that as like, oh, they're being dicks or assholes to each other. No, we're testing each other. And the ones who are up for the challenge rise and improve. And the ones who aren't, aren't part of the club. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be here I, with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of guys just, like you said, they, they haven't had the enough experience. Um, you know, sometimes you could push. People don't realize that they have it in them. Mm -hmm. you know, oh, like with sure. Jitsu, I've definitely seen that. Like you, you roll with somebody. And then I, I remember telling one guy, uh, he was a little bit older and, and it was just like more savage. I'm like, you need, you need to do like, you, you can push harder. Like right. you, you can you, like do that, but do it like you're trying to hurt me. Yeah, like <laughs> like, to, I have that conversation yeah. with my oldest son. Cause he's pretty, yeah. he's a pretty tender hearted kid. Right. He's big and strong, but he's tender hearted. And mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, like hurt me. And he's like, well, I don't want to hurt you. I'm like, we're doing this in a controlled environment. Like I'll let you know if it hurts, I'll tap or whatever. Like, you'll know. But like, I want you to actively like try to hurt me, like do it as hard as you can. And it yeah. was really cool to see that actually come on for a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you get the, get that going. Cause that's where the excitement is. Right. Of when course. you're actually, yeah, that's, that's yeah. where the fun, the fun happens. Well, there has to be a level of risk. And I think this is especially true for men. Like if you're engaging in activities that don't have some inherent risk involved, it's boring, it's lame. So, yeah. so we, I think as men generally tend to gravitate towards things that have some element of, of risk. We do, we, we do uh, some events and one of the things that we do very like right off the bat is we play airsoft with the guys nice. and some, it's funny cause some of them are like, Oh, what if it hurts? I'm like, it's supposed to hurt. That's what makes it fun. If yeah, it didn't yeah. hurt, then it wouldn't be fun. So you've got to embrace the pain and the potential risk, right. which is just a little welt on your arm. Not a big deal, but you've right. got to embrace that if you want to have the excitement that comes with it. Otherwise it's just not exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, talk to me a little bit about the uh, protect, provide, provide, uh, preside, because I like these a lot. Uh, they, they line up with some stuff I want to talk about and, okay, and, uh, yeah. you know, how did you, how did you come up with these three things? Yeah. So, uh, I want to like tip my hat to, uh, David Gilmore. I know you've read that book. I, I believe manhood in the making. Yeah. 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 So he talks about, He's, so what he did is he identified uh, different cultures throughout, throughout all, all of the planet and throughout all of history that, that 
and how they defined masculinity, like what, how they sure. viewed men, how they defined masculinity. And it was really interesting because he found cultures that had never been introduced to each other or exposed to each other that looked at masculinity very much the same way. Yeah. And, and that was that of a protector provide. And his third component is he talked about procreation. Okay. So that, that was his, his three tenets or, or core attributes of, of masculinity based on these different cultures and tribes and, and societies. Fascinating. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I, so I've, I've been introduced to some information through uh, my church that I belong to. And sure. it was interesting because I was reading through one of the documents, which is called a family proclamation. Mm-hmm. And in it, they define uh, a, a husband and a father and a man's role. And they also define, you know, a, fa- a, a woman and, and a mother and, a, and a, a wife's role. And it was interesting because in that document, it says protect, provide and preside. Preside is synonymous with leadership. So this isn't a, a new concept. This no. is a concept that I borrowed, you know, from that, which was borrowed from somewhere else. Sure. But I like the preside element of it better than the procreate because I think there was some misconception in that because I've heard from a lot of guys who, for example, can't can't have children. Right? Like yeah. they can't have children. So does does that mean they're less of a man? No, it doesn't. You can still father. You can act as a father, maybe not your biological father, but you can still be a father in a young man's life. But yeah, maybe you don't procreate necessarily. Mm-hmm. So that's where that came from. Protect, provide, preside. And uh, I've implemented that in my life. So when I measure the activities and the things that I'm doing, I measure it according to that. Is this helping me become a more capable protector, provider, or presider? And if it is, I move towards it. And if it doesn't or detracts from that or moves me a further away, then I make a conscious effort to eliminate those things from my life and from my activities. Awesome. That, that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, we've, yeah, we talked about the Manhood in the Making book before. Like, I, I think I read that as research for my first ever book. So mm-hmm. I actually read that book in like 2006. Is that right? Yeah. So, so it was, it's on my bookshelf and I have it and whatever. It's, it's, been, yeah. it's been a while. Um, so I actually wasn't aware of that and uh, of that part, you know, anymore, the protect, provide, preside right. part of it. Um, Procreate. What's in? That's his. That's his. Component. His is procreate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It lines up with a whole bunch of other tripartite systems, and that's what's really uh, interesting to me. Uh, there's a there's a guy called uh, Georges Dumasil, who came up with a trifunctional system of Indo-European societies, hmm. basically that they had three structures, and at the top is the sovereign. Oh, is you know, that right? Yeah, at the top is the sovereign, uh, which is actually, you know, obviously the king role. And it's actually split between kind of a mad king and a justice-oriented king, because you have to have the creative king and the uh, uh, the guy who, you know, makes sure that the rules are in place. Almost that chaos and order kind of scenario. 100%. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but well, uh, so look at sovereign, reign, right? Reign is the, the root word, reign, to rule. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It actually has a f- kind of funky uh, etymology. I actually looked it up the other day because I was like, I, I'm, I'm waffling on whether I want to use that word too I, in for the same role. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many, it's like, it's basically the father role. Hmm. You know, the father creates order, makes sure everything happens, you know, like in terms of, uh, the, in the big picture, it's the order creator. In, in you know, uh, Germanic, it'd be the all father, Odin, you know, it, it creates the world, the, it, the same sky father role. Um, and all this goes back to the Proto-Indo-Europeans or whatever in this in his system, but it is true around the world, which is even more interesting. Uh, but uh, 
uh, you know, the word that we get Dios or you know, whatever for comes from uh, what they've theorized has been a sky father is common to all these religions. Interesting. And uh, so, uh, and so, so he has the, the sovereign role. And then the second one is obviously the military role. Mm-hmm. So all the warriors, the Kshatriya, the uh, knights, whoever, in every culture, that's the second tier. Mm-hmm. And those are both, uh, you know, kind of part of the same system. And then the third role is the productive class, which mm-hmm. is the, the farmers, the workmen, the, uh, you know, like everybody who keeps society going. Sure. And so, uh, you know, I actually came around to this when I was doing a series of rituals that were Germanic pagan. And, and uh, they have three gods, Odin, uh, Thor, and Frey. And they actually symbolize the same things, uh, which are like, you know, the all-father guy, then the, the warrior character, and then there's the, uh, the, the god of fertility or, or so forth. Oh, interesting. And so, yeah. and so it's the same, the same basic ideas. And then um, this is uh, uh, Plato came up with a tripartite model of the soul, okay. which is uh, basically the idea that the soul is a chariot. And... Uh, you drive the the driver of the chariot has to be logos which okay. is logic and reason and sure. the guy who's in charge and whatever and then uh there's the two horses and one of them is thumos and one of them is eros thumos is obviously associated with warriors and that's kind of spirited i'm seeking justice uh, if i have to fight for it i'm going to get it and then eros is more like you know what desire like mm. what and, but desire also goes into hunger and what you actually just need to run the world Right. Ambition. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, and so like all those things can be good, but they have to be driven by reason. And so like this is the same three things over and over and over again. Right. And that's why, and, and, you know, I could be, a lot of people would look at that and be like, well, you know, Ryan's doing this protective art, but I have to come up with something different. But the fact that we're saying the same thing over and over again means that we're right. Exactly. <laughs> you, know? Well, you know what's funny about this is people yeah. will say things like, and this goes back to an earlier conversation, they'll say things like, well, who, who are you to determine what masculinity is? I, nobody. I'm, I'm just a man. Like this, is, this has been suggested throughout hundreds of thousands of years by all cultures and all societies, many of which have never been introduced or influenced by one another. So all I'm doing is sharing what it means like i'm not i haven't defined this right we as a human species have defined it throughout all of these cultures all of history and here it is and that's why we see elements of truth in all religions and all doctrine and all philosophies very much similar some differences but very much at the foundational level very very similar because it's eternal truth and principle yeah, yeah. I mean, men, men have had the same problem for for all of you. They they have the same role and they have the same problem. You know, with, with, since dudes walked out in the woods and made a fire, you know, like, well, we have to protect the fire because we're, right. I mean, we're all our families here. We have to protect it. And then, well, how are we going to keep this camp going? Well, I guess we're going to have to start. You know, it's yeah, maybe it's we this, should organize this in a way that'll be pro- productive and let's keep yeah. our resources safe, including our women. Our women, you know, women. Sure. And, and I'm. I'm delicate in the way that I say this is like the, a resource, right? Like my wife, it's weird to say it that way. I understand, but like she's a resource, like she's a supporter. She's a nurturer. She's yeah. my partner and she gives me children, which is also important to my posterity. Like it's weird to say it like that. I understand. But if you understand the context and the nuance of the way I'm saying it, you would understand that men protect, we protect that 
which we value. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, we, we wouldn't have to, I, I understand why you're doing it, but we, I mean, we wouldn't have had to dance around that 500 years ago. They would I have know, been like, exactly. we'll give you the woman and the gold and the right. horses and the, and the land. Right. <laughs> and right. They are resources. Right. <laughs> you know, that, men understood that, but uh, you know, we, we have to, I, you don't want to say, you don't want to come off the wrong way. Yeah. Right. yeah I yeah. don't want to be misinterpreted. Exactly. Exactly. I understand that a hundred percent. But uh, yeah. so that's, yeah, it's it's just an interesting thing that this this has been repeated all over, uh, over and over and over again. And, and uh, you know, the idea that we should just make up something new because some people sat around in a university and be like, how about what if society doesn't have to be that way? Let's let's just destroy that and have no idea of what's supposed to replace it. Well, it's, it's an ironic thought, considering that these people are the beneficiaries or the recipients of of the very thing they rebel against. Absolutely. Right. Like you are a recipient of men's sacrifices and and toil and blood and sweat and tears and the only reason that you can say that is because of men have made it so yeah so it's it, it reminds me of uh i think it's in a few good men where uh, uh jack nicholson is talking about as as the general talking about or scolding somebody and i can't remember exactly what he says but He's upset that this individual is the beneficiary of these warriors sitting on the wall and then has the audacity to demand or dictate how they defend the wall. Oh, like, yeah. If you, yeah. If you have a better way of doing this, come on out. We'll welcome you and you can actually in, embrace in this challenge. But you won't. You'll sit behind the wall and enjoy all the luxuries that come from those who protect the wall. Like. And, and it's fine. You know, I think about that as a, as a former military member, like it's fine. You know, if somebody wants to believe that that's great. That's some of the things that I fought for. Right. Sure. But at the same time, when things get difficult it, and I wrote this in the book, it's, it's a lot like, you know, when you walk into a, an office building and you see like an emergency box on the wall and maybe it has a fire extinguisher or in some cases you actually see like an ax in there and yeah. it says in case of emergency break glass right that's a little bit about what society has done to men like oh don't you just go sit over there and and don't bother anybody don't talk to us don't you're not going to dictate any of this and if there's emergency we'll break the glass and we'll let you know and then you can come be men <laughs> that that's right. what society has seemed to do and obviously i don't ascribe to that or, or believe that that's the best way to go about doing it yeah it's tricky i mean it, it, there's there's evidence that that is kind of always a little bit been a part of it like the warrior class has always been like uh those guys are death <laughs> like we i don't yes. know if we want them in the village you know there's there's That's there's an aspect of that like i mean obviously we've worked it out you know in, in over you know history it, it every society kind of works that out differently but there, there has definitely been a perception there going all the way back to the earliest societies yeah. of like the, those guys who just got do, done slaying a lot of people, like, <laughs> like they just don't understand them or relate to, you know, yeah. and even now in the military, like those are some dark people. <laughs> like, oh yeah. You know, like their humor and, and, and the way that, that military members talk about things and activities and experiences, especially those who have been in, uh, horrific tragedies and brutal combat. They're operating on a different level that most people don't understand, can't relate with. And that's fine. That's why those warriors are there so that most of society doesn't have to experience that. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's the tricky thing, obviously, for a lot of those guys. I'm sure you've had that conversation a bunch of times is that then you know, trying to bridge that gap when they're done with that. Right. How role. do you reintegrate now? Yeah. That's yeah. What, that's yeah. The, a lot of them have, have problems with that. But uh, and then, you know, a lot of them do great at it too it's sure. you know either either way but uh, it's right. definitely an interesting thing and yeah yeah the, the, there are some definitely actually with shot show the the one we were both at i remember walking Last past year, the conversation right. of a guy who is pretty local who I, I i've hung out with a couple of times now and i just walked past the conversation with him saying the thing about killing kids is <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> i'm like yeah, that's not something you hear every day <laughs> you would never hear that anywhere else <laughs> no on battlefield or at shot show or something like that yeah yeah i mean and he's the nicest guy and would never hurt anyone for you know who didn't deserve it you know <laughs> you know like whatever but uh, but uh, you know they have to deal with that reality and when you're sheltered like that you don't have to you right. know which again is the luxury of modern times and that's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful blessing but we can't forget um those who defend our way of life those who make these types of sacrifices those who have to quite literally go into the darkness and and combat that that monster and that demon and enemy like that we we owe it at least a debt of gratitude to those individuals oh that's good too actually that uh, that reminds me of uh, uh that's another thing is that when men are initiated in all cultures, they're you know, it's called a liminal space, a threshold space. And uh, because that's actually how you become a man is that you have to face some kind of chaos or ordeal. Right. And that's, that's our, our job is to go out in that, that perimeter zone that's, that's scary. And because that's, that's where men become men. They, they right. can't become men in the part where it's safe. They have to go out in, into the border zone where it's maybe not safe. Right. And that's, that's where initiation always happens in like every culture. And it's, and uh, that's the other uh, thing I was just researching the other day because I was looking at Hercules and warrior archetypes and so forth is that there's a, uh, one of the oldest phrases that they've constructed in myth is he killed the dragon. Hmm. And that's that the warrior guy, that's, that's what's always said about him is he, the warrior God always killed the dragon. The dragon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, obviously you have to, that's why he's a hero. You know, that's, he had to go out and do that thing. Yeah. But, uh, it's, uh, you know, another part of initiation and, and rituals for young men entering manhood is, you know, being literally separated from, from their mother. Right? Yes. You're, you're, you're taken away from the women and you are no longer with the women. You are now with the men and you have to, and I, the way I've heard it said is you atone with the father, meaning you atone with the men. You become one with the men through not only their sacrifices and honoring that, but sacrificing yourself. And then you're actually marked in a lot of these cases, like physically yeah. marked that you have now gone through this process, whether it's circumcision or other, you know, bodily marks, tattoos, things like this, that, that illustrate you have done what it is you need to do. And you are embraced now by the men as a man. It's an interesting thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, as we both said many times, men, only men can create men. And yeah, so you have to go out into that other space to make that happen. Right. And yeah, that's a lot of people ask that they'll ask that even on social media is like, how, you know, I, I and I've had, I had a guy earlier this morning say, it. he says, you know, I, I've, I've been raised by my mom and primarily around women. Like, how do I become more manly? You go, you said this earlier, you go spend time with manly men. Yeah. That's what yeah. you do. 
hundred percent. And, and you're going to learn from them and you're going to, you're going to develop and you're going to grow and you're going to expand into the influences you're around, which is other men. If you continue to stay around women, which is fine. Like I love women. My mom's a woman. My wife's a woman. My daughter's will be a woman. Like the, like I, I like being around women. I like that presence, but I also want to be around at times exclusively men doing man things. And that's good too. Yeah. And actually that feeds into something else that I, I, I really like about your message and that we, we agree on. And, and I like to see you say it uh, because I, and I've said this before. I like to see you say it because you're married and have kids and whatever. And it, it has more weight when you say it because of that. But uh, you know, one of the things you wrote in the book is a man is responsible and accountable to himself first. And the idea that you have to take care of yourself and become a man and have your own identity as a man separate from all these other things. Right. Rather than having your identity dependent on your wife or depending on your kids or whatever, like you have to continually become a man and have, have this thing that is you and take care right. of it. Yeah. The problem with wrapping up your identity in external circumstances and marriage is an external circumstance mm -hmm. because it takes two people. So it's no longer internal. There's an element of internality, but there's also this external factor, which is your, your wife, your partner. Sure. So, so you, you need to be who you are independent of those external circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like if you asked a hundred people, Hey, Hey, tell me about yourself. T tell me who you are. Tell me about yourself. They're always going to start with their job. Right. Oh, you know, like I'm a police officer or I'm a school teacher. It's like, well, that's what you do, but that's not really who you are because any of that can be stripped away at any given moment. Right. Same thing with a marriage. You're, you and your wife could go through a divorce or a separation. She could die, right? There's a lot of things that could potentially happen. And if you wrap up your identity completely in external circumstances, when that goes away, then you're left with, well, who the hell am I? Like you don't even know yourself. You can't even spend time. You don't even want to look yourself in the mirror. This is why soldiers have such a difficult time tra transitioning into civilian life because they wrapped up their identity in being a warrior and now they've retired or they've been medically disqualified from military service and they are no longer a warrior and they've completely lost themselves. Yeah. So you have to focus on who you are individually and internally. And as you continue to do that work, then you can focus on the external, like your wife and your children and the people that you want to serve in the neighborhood and, and all of these other factors that, that you care about. And it's good. You should want to do those things, but you've got to take care of yourself first and be a man independent of these other, these other factors. Absolutely. Man, that, that is so important. And, you know, and it's, it's hard to do in, in uh, modern life, especially if people with guys who have families, mm. um, you know, because there, there's a lot of time. You know, like it's hard to organize the time. Like I've talked to a lot of guys about this, just even on the podcast of like making adult friends as a man is tricky. I mean, like that's, really so you have to work on that. You have to set aside time to like, well, I need to go hang out with the guys or this guy or whatever on this day. Cause otherwise I have stuff going on at home. I have job, da, da, da. I have all the this stuff I need to do. Yeah. And if you don't make the time for it, all of a sudden you don't have any friends. Right. You know, and that's a, that's a tricky thing. I think a lot that's of men issue. struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. We, I call them noble obstacles, right? So yeah. a noble obstacle would be your wife, your kids, your neighbors, your job. Right. And these are all responsibilities you have, sure. right? So they're noble. 
but it becomes a problem when you're using them as an excuse not to take care of yourself. That's where it becomes an obstacle to your growth and progress. So it's noble. And this is the thing, like if you were trying to decide between taking care of yourself or, you know, going and getting shit faced on, on Friday night, that would be an easy decision for most people to make. Right. Cause there's no nobility in that. Right. But, but if you're trying to decide between taking care of yourself and going to little Timmy's baseball game, okay, that's a, that's an infinitely more difficult decision to make. Cause there's nobility, right? There's honor in going to little Timmy's baseball game. Sure. So this is where it becomes a problem is when it's, it's noble. It's, it's something that you value. It's something, frankly, you ought to be doing anyways, but if it's coming again at the expense of you, then it's an issue and you need to plan out your time better or be, here's another way become more capable so that your time, and I'm talking specifically from a career aspect, but that your time is now more valuable. Yeah. So the time that you spend away doing work and pursuing career interests is now worth two, three, four, ten 10 times as, as much as it was worth previously. And therefore you're more efficient and you have more time to do these other things like take care of yourself and spend time with little Timmy and Susie and whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and that uh, kind of rolls into, you know, talking about our, uh, groups. And uh, we've talked a lot about how, you know, men make men and you need a meeting group of men to make men. And obviously you're involved with the, you know, the, the iron council yeah. uh, thing. And, uh, and uh, I think that a lot of, again, a lot of guys have this lone wolf thing that they don't need any other guys to be around. And, and I like that you're out there supporting the idea that, yeah, you, you actually need, you are not the alpha all the time. Right. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, that you need to go out and find other guys. Um, right. So a lot of people think that's weakness. Like a lot of men think it's weak. Like, oh, if I need help or I need assistance or, or I want this guy in my life, then I'm weak. Well, no, you're, you're actually weaker if you're doing it by yourself. There's nobody to cover your flanks, right? There's right. nobody to tell you, hey, you're, you're screwing up. You got to fix some things. Nobody's there to tell you that if you're doing it by yourself. So you're actually weaker alone like strength in numbers right that's that's something everybody's heard why because it's true there's strength in numbers and it's exponential strength yeah it's not one plus one equals two it's one plus one equals three or four or ten right that's the power of banding together with other men oh absolutely and you know i like i said to, uh, earlier when before we started the podcast i wanted to keep this mostly evergreen but i think that now uh, a lot of things that we are being said that we've been saying are becoming more obvious to a lot more people. Mm, yeah. Because, okay, you know, everybody's, you know, in the it, sheltering at home or whatever uh, right now. So you're, we're actually all separated. So, you know, what you can't do after this podcast is go out and go, go meet a bunch of guys, right. <laughs> you know, true. you know, that's and that's true. the, that's what, uh, unfortunately we've all been saying this, but I think it's highlighting why you needed them in the first place. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it's not always going to be something like this. And, you know, there's all kinds of people saying different kinds of things. But, you know, if something got a lot worse, you want to be all alone? No, yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean. I want people that have my back and that support me and can provide resources and that can assist me just like I would want to do for them. Absolutely. And I think that that's, I'm hoping that, uh, as far as silver linings, as far as we get out of this situation, um, I think a lot of people are going to, a lot of this foolishness, I think is going to be, it could go one of, your, one of two ways. It, and it could be 
please take care of us. <laughs> like, yes. hey, please, everyone take care of us. Let this never happen again, which I think is foolish because obviously they weren't able to do it the first time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this, but we're letting this goes back to the earlier conversations. Like, yeah, if you think somebody else is going to or you're begging for somebody else to take care of you, you are giving away your sovereignty. Oh, 100 percent. Well, you you're become enslaving a slave. yourself to those people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Organizations, whatever. But you know, a lot of people might. I could see people going that direction, but I think a lot of people. You know, there's been a lot of stories about people who were against guns until this happened. They went to the gun store like right away. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people are waking up to like, well, okay. If I, I just, I just tried to gentrify a, a bad neighborhood, and now I'm stuck in the middle of a bad neighborhood that could get really bad really yes. quick and who's going to help me who's right. going to defend me i mean like you know like when people start breaking my windows and trying to take my stuff you know yeah. like that i think that people are really starting to realize that hey i might need a man around hey i might if i'm a man i might need to be capable mm -hmm. of handling some of these situations or at least like thinking about that this is my role to handle them I like that you're talking about capability. That word, I've really honed in on that word over the past year or so is capability because mm -hmm. you, you make the distinction between being a good man and being a capable man, right? And, right, and right. they're distinct. They're not mutually exclusive, right? But they are right, distinct. Right. So I think a lot of guys out there have been good men, like good little boys, right? Sure. They're, they're virtuous. They're, they're, they're honorable. They, they do what they're supposed to be doing. And, and they're good. They're nice people. And then you have these men over here who are capable, right? I think your goal is to be both. You need to have some level of morality, a moral code that you as ascribe to, and you need to be capable of honoring and upholding that code. Because if you can't, if you have a code, but you can't maintain the integrity of the code because you're weak and pathetic and cowardly, like then, and not capable, then the code isn't really worth anything in the first place. So I really like the distinction that you make between, all right, good man, good at being a man. That's important that you yeah. make that distinction, understand they're two different things. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, as I've gone on, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I was looking for men who were good at, good at being men when I was trying to learn that. Of course. And then, uh, you know, but, uh, going through the rest of my life, I want to be surrounded by good men who are also good at being men. I of think course. that the, it's good to have both. Uh, you know, because otherwise you have really sketchy dudes who are, <laughs> who are really good at being men. And that's a scary guy to be around. Right. And uh, I think these but, are the individuals who, you know, we would look back historically and say, okay, well, maybe they were capable, but they weren't moral. And so these are dictators. These are tyrants. These sure. are criminals. These, these are people who are highly capable of certain skills, but they don't have the morality to back it up. Oh yeah. I mean like, yeah, when I originally started talking about that, you start, you know, it's easy to, you can talk about the, the mafia or whatever, like very right. capable, very capable. No doubt. Nobody <laughs> would argue. Like yeah. I even think about Hitler as, a, as, as horrific as the things he did. Uh, obviously he inspired people. Obviously he led people. There's elements that you kind of wonder how in the world did an individual and a human being do what he did. And so I, short of saying I'm inspired by that, I'm certainly not. It's, it's very fascinating that he had this skill set, but he didn't have the morality, obviously, to go with it. And that made him evil. One of the most yeah. evil human beings to ever walk the planet. Yeah. And he, and he took a lot of meth and he invaded Russia, uh, yeah. which is a terrible idea always. Um, but, thing to do, obviously. <laughs> ne never never try and take over Russia. Everyone, <laughs> just 
Stop. Did not work out well for him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, you know, as, as far as uh, moving into the future, obviously, like I said, right now, a lot of guys are at home. Later, that might not be the case, uh, you know, like uh, a few months down the road or whatever. But uh, what do you think – guys should be focused on right now i mean obviously i mean i think there are two guys and there's the guy who was ready for this in some way and is already pretty much there and prepared for it and then there's guys who were maybe just really just like the guys who were saying who were maybe just picking up the way of men or sovereignty or just hearing about this and thinking hey maybe I need to think about some of this stuff for the first time. I mean, yeah. what should they be doing now as they're sitting in their house, not be able to do anything else? So rather than tell you the specifics, we can get into that, but sure. I, I work best for me personally under like frameworks. Yeah. It just helps me wrap my head around concepts that sometimes can be difficult to understand or you don't have the framework to go with it. So I look at four different things. So number one is you have calibration. And I look at calibration as getting right with, with your mind mentally, emotionally, spiritually, getting, getting yourself right. Mm -hmm. Then you have connection. So these are the relationships that you're working on, relationship with spouse and kids and neighbors and colleagues, coworkers, family, et cetera. Then you have condition. That's your physical health, your sleep, your nutrition, your strength, your stamina, all that sort of thing, your capability, martial arts, that kind of thing. Uh, and then you have contribution, which is giving back and in order to give you have to have right you can't give what you don't have so mm -hmm. contribution is becoming a man of value so how do you improve the value that you offer to the world is it new skills is it new information is it writing a book is it earning a new uh, credential or degree or designation that will serve you so if you look at those four areas and you say okay well what can i do in each of those four areas let's take condition for example maybe you're at 30 percent body fat and your goal ought to be, hey, you know what? I'm going to get down to 25 or 20% body fat over the next 90 days. That's something well within your control, even in the situation that we're dealing with now. Absolutely. Uh, if you look at condition, hey, you know what? Like maybe you and your wife are going through a spell right now and you're having a hard time. What a perfect opportunity for the next 30, 60, 90 days, or even a year where you're in close proximity to each other to begin to develop a more significant, powerful relationship. And you do some specific things there like – honor her and include her in the conversation and learn how to communicate with her effectively and cast vision for her and the family. Uh, if you look at the, um, the calibration component, maybe it's spirituality, you know, maybe you want to read from the Bible or, uh, you want to learn to meditate or, uh, just be more mindful or be more still and present or pray or whatever. Like there's, there's practices that you can do, but if you look at it in the context of each of those frameworks, I think pretty quickly you'll start to see and identify uh, what it is specifically you can be doing. And then also look at it in the context of the protect, provide, preside. So protect, am I a good protector? Maybe you're somewhere on the scale, good, bad, excellent, not at all, but just move the scale, like just improve your capabilities. So, okay, well, I don't know how to shoot a gun. Well, that'd be a good thing to learn. Or I've never been in a physical altercation. A little difficult now, but you can roll around with your kids, right? You can do something like that. Uh, if you look at provide, uh, you might look at your food storage and say, uh, we don't have any. Well, that might be something that you want to focus on, or we have enough to get us through 30 days. Great. How do you make it 60 days? Well, what do you need to buy right now? And it's probably not toilet paper, but, you know, 
what else do you need to buy <laughs> that might shore up your, your provisions that you may need? So if you look at it in the context of these frameworks and then start identifying little things that you can do to improve your situation, I think you'll identify them pretty quickly. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like basically baby steps <laughs> at the moment. Just improve. And, like you don't need yeah. to be the, have it done. You just need to go from here to here. And then when you're here, then you go to here and you'll get there. Yeah. Commit to the direction. Exactly. You know, and then t- take steps along yeah, the I like way. That. I like that. Cool. All right, man. Well, I think uh, we can probably wrap up here. Excellent, man. Appreciate All the right. conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything, anything that, uh, you know, this will probably come out on Monday. Is there anything you want to have people go to see? Uh, you know, just check out the, the podcast order of man. If you listen to podcast or check out the website, orderman.com. You mentioned it earlier and you'll find what we're doing or hit me up. I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram at Ryan Mickler. So you can find me there and I'm pretty engaged over there. So. All right, man. Yeah. Excellent conversation. Thank you. Appreciate you.